The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. What about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. And I don't know if, oh, there he comes back. I was saying, I don't know if I kicked him off by accident or if he lost connection, but. No, that was me. That was all me. <laughs> I am your host, Tim Deal Double G. And join with me tonight is the man behind the sign of fits at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What is up, everybody? And also here we have at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Wakanda forever. Nice. And once again, we are the Comic Book Chronicles. You can go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. On our homepage, our links to our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+. And also make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and we are part of the Cold Slither Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every thir- Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you ever have, or if you ever want to jump into the comic book conversation on social media, make sure to use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron. Tonight, we are going to start our comic reviews with a Dark Knight Metal tie-in. Batman Lost, number one. And I would have the the covers up, but I'm on a different laptop. So let me see if I can pull those up a different way. All right. So in the meantime, while Tim is pulling that up, just to set the stage, this book basically describes what is going on with Batman uh, once the uh, the alternate dark multiverse versions of him uh, emerge and he's kind of shunted away and they are brought back in his place. So that's basically the stage for this issue. And it's kind of a trip down memory lane as far as the history of Batman goes. You we get to check in on his very first adventure in, I think it was an t- uh, issue of Detective Comics where he made his debut. Um, right. Some Grant Morrison stories are linked in there as well with his whole Batman dying, but really being sent to relive uh, his days in the past, catching up with his ancestors, Thomas Wayne and uh, Alan Wayne, Alan Wayne. I, was, I knew it started with an A. I want to say Arthur, Arthur Wayne. I knew that wasn't right. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it was definitely a nostalgic trip down memory lane for uh, fans of Batman. I guess to be honest, 
you know, this did start under Grant Morrison, you know, with the, you know, with the whole bar, Barbatos or Barbatos thing, right? Right. So I've always been uncomfortable tying Batman into some of the supernatural uh, stuff because it, I felt it sort of took away from the, uh, you know, the detective part of his origin and his crime fighting, you know, origin. So uh, forgive me, the lamp is actually... Um, I've got a desk lamp that is shining the uh, the bright red. Um, uh, uh, I, I ended up getting the uh, the what you call the foil cover, and it's like bouncing off my freaking eye. So I got to move the you know, the comic a little bit. I have uh, the review copy of that as well, the hard copy, and yes, it's a nice cover. My wife even commented on it uh, the other night when I was reading it. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's like this deep red. So. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a it's a nice uh, uh, like you said, trip down memory lane. Um, I'm still uncomfortable with the supernatural aspect of Batman's origin or what's behind him uh, as a motivating force. But it's a well told kind of um, you know, this is this is a this is your life type story, and this is what's been behind it all. I, I'm just not keen on the idea of it. But you know, it's, I'm sure there's lots of fans of Morrison's work and what King is doing uh, to expand upon it. Or Snyder is. Is there a bat totem involved? Kinda. Oh no. And apparently Barbatos is a character that's uh I guess been involved. Not you know, we're learning he's been involved in sort of creating Batman, but he I didn't know that he appeared or has played a role in previous stories in Batman. I think like I Grant Morrison used him, apparently. Exactly, exactly. Like he wasn't this isn't like a new thing, it's just Snyder kind of expanding upon it. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was uncomfortable with, uncomfortable with it back then, still kind of uncomfortable with it now, but, um, you know, uh, it, it reads well because it does touch upon a lot of the things that we kind of vaguely remember and kind of put the pieces together again with, you know, lots of, uh, Morrison Easter eggs and some early, uh, Easter eggs too. So, um, you know, it's definitely a, a, a well-told story. Uh, what did you think of, um, the ending? Um, I like the sort of retcon to his origin story. It makes sense. Oh, okay. That's the part I'm talking about. I see, I see. Sure, sure, the, sure. Uh, the ending, ending, I mean, it just yeah, kind of jumped left the- where we began, yeah. really. All right. So, yeah, so uh, just, just you know, just to backtrack a little bit. So you were saying in terms of retconning his origin somewhat, um, yeah, kind of pushing him in this direction? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Would, uh, you have any issues with the ending? Kind of, because I never thought I'd hear or read Batman ever say that, and I guess he was going for some shock value there. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never thought I'd, 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 I'd read that, and, uh, you know, I'm wondering if I've ever, if that's ever been written coming out of Batman's mouth, you know, in the past, so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like, we're skirting around a, a, a kind of a, um, a pivotal moment at the end of the story, so without spoiling too much, that's what we're referring to. Mm. All right, so... I guess now that we know where Batman is, I, uh, we'll soon be going back to the Dark Knight stuff next week with uh, more fun. Yep. Actually, next week we get the final one shot for the Dark Multiverse Batman, and they're ring- they're uh, focusing on focusing on their ringleader, the Batman who laughs. Oh, we're finally going to get that crazy cover by Fabok with like the, yep. the rabid the rabid Robins. Okay, that's cool. Yep. So that's coming up. What else do we want to jump to next? You want to stick with DC and go to Mr. Miracle? I think everybody read it. Yeah, I was about to say. We can. Miracle number four. The trial of Scott Free. 
And take it from someone who has uh, done some uh, leading questioning. This is some leading questioning by uh, by yeah. Orion here. Right. Right. <laughs> it sort of made me laugh when I read it. Hmm. I was just like in the back of my head, like, yeah, it's a leading question. Objection. That's a leading question. Well, not only that, just the fact that Orion's like basically appointing himself judge tree. Oh, well, yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, trials don't actually work like that here, but all right. Well, you know, when it's a. When it's a yeah, I was going to say, when it's a, when it's a, when it's a monarchy, it sometimes does like that. Mm-hmm. So. So I did really like this. With the vegetable yeah, tray. Yeah, yeah, with the vegetable tray. <laughs> the veggie tray was my favorite part. I know, right? This is like, okay, that yeah, like they kept coming back to the veggie tray. I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It was like uh, that one part or Orion finally dipped into it, and I'm like, okay, so he, he, he succumbed at least. <laughs> right. So all yeah. So just to, just as a quick recap, I guess we're dealing with what we're not sure. We're not hundred percent sure this is all happening. Um, but right. it's probably for one dark side is dead. What's that? I said for one dark side is dead here. Right, right, right. Along and, with the high father. Right. So well, all that being said, um, you know, we've got some of the uh the uh some of the ramifications of all those actions and um members of the uh the the gods of New Genesis coming to uh to hunt basically hunt Scott Free down. Mm. Which uh, it's probably worth noting or recounting the fact that I think this pretty much started when, um, when and or if possibly Scott may have tried to attempt suicide. Right. So that I have a feeling if if we learned anything from the vision books, the things that get you know brought up at one point it's probably going to come up again in some some kind of way. Yeah, it'll loop back. I that's where it feels like this is all going. Everything sort of loops back on itself. Mm-hmm. So we might even see the veggie tree again. Mm. Hmm. But um, yeah. So somebody asked me. Uh, I was asked in my um, I'm not sure. Actually, it was the guy who owned it who asked um, like, was this book um as good as all the hype? So uh, far, it is. Yeah, and which is basically what I told him. And I was like, when and this and he hadn't um read Vision, so I couldn't really give him a good good reference outside of that. So what I would say is, it depends on what you've heard. Because if the hype is that it's really good, it is really good. But if it's not what you're expecting, you may not understand what's going on. Yeah, I kind of told him like, yes, it's it's a, I did, without going into the actual story. It's like, yeah, it's not uh, a standard story. Definitely not. It's definitely more. You know, I hate to say, you know, it's like a it's it's a it's a trope. You know, it's a, definitely a psychological story. It's definitely um, uh, something that requires a little bit of careful reading and maybe backtracking to see where you are. Because I find myself thinking, man, I got to reread that last issue to see how we got to this point. And it looks like I got an alternate cover. I didn't even realize it. I got. The, it looks like I got the variant because I didn't look at the code. But then when I was looking at the regular cover, I was like, oh wait, I have a variant. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that cover. Yeah. Like I got this. It was in my pull list, so I did, It's not like I asked for it. It's just there. So. So that might be just a subscription cover. Maybe. Yeah, I've noticed that a couple times because like I end up picking up there's been books I've picked up. I was like, oh wait, that's not the actual. Usually, <laughs> like. Cover. Usually I complain about the story not really going anywhere, but I feel like each issue kind of picks a topic and sticks with it very well. Yeah, like it's, it's we may not know it yet, but it's definitely get, might be leading towards something. Oh, it's definitely leading, yeah, because I think we've gotten, in four issues, we really have kind of developed, I guess, the backstory to what may have been that attempt, 
you know, by, by Scott free to, you know, uh, to take his life. But, um, you know, this, this is what may have led up to it. You know, like it may be like a cyclical thing. We don't know yet. Yeah. We find him, you know, in this place where he's, you know, trying to do, you know, the, the work to defend new Genesis, but then, you know, with granny goodness getting involved and there's some other kind of second, you know, kind of, um, mind trick, you know, uh, mind trick stuff being played. And, um, King even drops a big hint at the beginning that this might just all be a big mental trap. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I can say is like what this thing hasn't done uh, is make me want to go hunt out some new Genesis stuff. Right. Here is in a couple of places, yes, but because this is this, that's a part of the DC universe uh, uh, along with a few other things I am not well versed in. So, but and but the beautiful thing about it is like just like with vision, we don't know where it's go because if we did, we'd be like, yeah, okay, we see we we see what's coming a mile away, and you know, and might get deterred from that, but still read just to see if we're right. But like I said, in this and vision, we don't know where it's going at all. Really, I need to double check Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and Green Lantern Corps because I want to say I know pre rebirth they had this big storyline with the lanterns and. The new gods, but I want to say they it was a recent storyline also that had in Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps that had them crossing paths with the new gods. Okay, yeah, so like you know, like you know, basically just to I guess sum up, this was a you know just a you know it's another good chapter, another interesting chapter in in this story because um, you know this trial of Scott Free as I was alluding to was uh, <laughs> kind of a you know kind of a farce, um, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, we'll find out what happens now that the uh, sentence has been passed. And yeah, I also feel like I need to. <laughs> I also feel like I need to catch up on New God's history. Okay, I don't know if it's that. Honestly, I don't think it's that. Uh, it's that necessary. It's not like it's going that deep into it so right. far. Like very surface oh, yeah. stuff. Like you know, like maybe you want to Google who Light Ray is. You know, yeah. What does he do exactly? I'm not 100 percent sure. I just recognize the character. <laughs> that was a good question. I'm like, what does he do? Right, you know, this time for DC, an update to the DC Who's Who. Because when I first saw him, I thought I was thinking of um, uh, what's the Eternal's name? Um, Makari. Yeah, like I was thinking of him, which I know there are kind of parallels between the two. Right, but I was like, wait, what's he doing here? Oh wait, that's not. <laughs> gotcha. All I know about Makari is that he's fast. Right. He's like one of the guys that's like um. Do you remember? Was there a Quasar issue where they had like a race for like all like the super fast? Um, I, think I do. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a callback, right? That's deep yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I had a buddy that read Quasar, so he's the one that like kind of clued me into that issue. I think I read it as a back issue or something. I read Quasar because I yeah I, I enjoyed the book when it was out. All right, so <sighs> that trip down memory lane aside, what's next? <laughs> Come on, where is he, President Bartlett? What's next? Thank you, uh, Tim. You want to do Titans? Stay on the um the DC. Right, King. Down the train. Titan 17. Yep. So this is the uh, continuation of the who is the traitor on the Titans? Is it, uh, I'm forgetting the Omen, the redhead Omen? Right. Is it, uh, it West, which we know it's not because he's out of the picture? Is it Arsenal? Was it Nightwing? Nightwing? Is it find out? John Joy? No. Yes. And right. find out it was none of them, but yes, it was one of them. <laughs> Kind of was her, yeah. her future self at least, or yeah, at least that's how she's been portrayed. So I'm her like, future self, Toya. For people that are familiar with that time in DC history, 
Wait, so that's a thing that's that's happened before? Yeah. Okay. Wait, what? I don't know much about it. I just know that, that characters appear before. Gotcha. Wait, so who's the traitor? A future version of Donna Troy. Oh, okay. When she goes by Choya. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oops. Stop sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to update my sheet here. Let me move this over here. Okay. So uh, we had the different artists in Brett Booth. I actually like the first one. I can't think of their name right now, though. Here, I got it right here, actually. June, something June. Mink. Minkyu Jung. Yeah. Thank you. Very good job. She's uh, done a couple of DC books here and there, like fill-in issues. She might have done, like, she did maybe the Titans Annual, I think she might have done. But um, good stuff here. The story is still going ongoing, so no resolution yet. But yes, she, Troya is the perfect master. She goes on to talk about, it's, it focuses a lot on Donna Troy's sort of messed up convoluted history how she was thought to believe to be a real person but she was really made on the mascara out of clay and it goes a lot into the how like society has portrayed her or because her her being she's basically immortal so future Troya has had to watch her friends grow old and die while she stays the same and sort of not being able to reconcile with these feelings and the world laying her down and humanity laying her down, yada yada. Yikes. Yeah, which also part of it brings up the the fact that they're well that Wally West is in the picture, or or I should say, young Wally West because Flash is in the picture while OG Wally West is presumably dead, but maybe coming back. Yeah, of course he's coming back because of course that's the way it is. <laughs> Pretty much. So, which I honestly, I I had the same question as Troya, like last issue or whatever it was. Like, wait, why is Kid Flash here? Yeah, he showed up what two issues ago. Well, uh, yeah, I think it was last issue. I think either way, it doesn't matter. But um, and we get some sort of an answer because he says like the Speed Force called him, which I'm like, oh, okay. But again, then again, what which what happened with OG Wally West? I guess that kind of makes sense. Hmm. So that might be part of the, the way that. Wally West comes back, I suspect. Oh, gee, Wally West comes back. Gotcha. Just as a quick, uh, as a quick aside, uh, uh, Tim Dog was uh, just referencing the convoluted origins of uh, Donna Troy, and they really kind of mucked this character up. Um, ever since um, the, the 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 seminal story, one of my favorite stories in the New Teen Titans run, who is Donna Troy from issue number thirty-eight? For um, people of a certain vintage, go back and re- you know, if, if you can track this issue down and read it. It's such a good story. It's such a, like a heartfelt story. It's pretty much just Robin, you know, Dick Grayson and Donna Troy, um, you know, in the story and they're doing um, some like old school detective work and it's really a good issue. You know, it's one of my favorites of the run of uh, Wolfman and Perez. So, um, you know, it's a shame that, uh, you know, cause obviously that was po- uh, pre crisis and that's when it all went to hell. So, um, I kind of, you know, longingly and, and fondly remember when it wasn't so uh, so convoluted. But, uh, you know, anyone who wants to kind of get a hold on where it started, go back and see if you can't track that down, either through uh, trade paperback or back issue. Hmm. All right. Uh, we can keep the DC. Actually, I think that's the is that last one that all of us have read. For I DC. so. Because I only read two. Because I can keep my rapid fire. Okay. All right. What else did everyone read? Let's see. 
Doesn't look like we have all that much in common left. Um, we can jump around. Yeah. Uh, you read Daredevil. That was a big issue this week, I guess. I did read Daredevil. So let us let me just do this very quickly. So Daredevil number um, 595. It is the legacy issue, the legacy kickoff. The story arc is called Mayor Fisk Part 1, and that obviously spoils what happens um, you know, towards the end of the last issue and coming into this issue. And ultimately, this is sort of all coming in the... Um, coming in the aftermath of Secret Empire. Um, basically, um, in a nutshell, they were, te- they were kind of teasing this in um, Secret Empire in that um, all the, uh, the street-level stuff happening in New York uh, portrayed Wilson Fisk as being kind of a, uh, a street-level um, uh, kind of a provider of, you know, I hate to say this, it's kind of like a warlord, you know, in that he's providing protection and providing um, services, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, health services and food services for people trapped within the dark force bubble. And um, I think he used that to catapult himself into the, uh, into the, um, the consciousness of uh, New York city and uh, foggy basically fills in Matt Murdock in this issue as to how this all went down in the first, you know, first few pages. And it makes so much sense. And it obviously draws upon a lot of um, current day events. You know, Charles Soule definitely weaves in a couple of current day um uh, events and 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 the current political uh, climate um, into the story. Um, ultimately, what ends up happening is, and it's kind it's kind of predictable, um, but it makes you know it just it, it fits together based on what um, Matt Murdock's status is. He's currently an assistant DA in the Manhattan DA's office, and um, Fisk is basically turning his uh, Matt Murdock's crusade to get superheroes kind of recognized in uh, courts of law as. Uh, you know, members as parts of the uh, the criminal justice process and having them be acceptable as um, witnesses. He's kind of turned that on its head by um, ordering the DA's office to crack and the and the and the NYPD to crack down on vigilantism. And you know, it's um, it's uh, the kingpin's way of kind of um, trying to reverse the effect of that uh, particular court decision. And uh, it's you know, it makes perfect sense. And and Matt basically kind of walks himself into a couple of traps during this issue. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's you know, it's a nice kickoff to what's bound to be a pretty, uh, pretty good story that involves um, the kingpin, uh, you know, masking himself with uh, the cloak of legitimacy. You know, he's he's basically, uh, you know, disguising his activities by you know by being uh, mayor of New York. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. But this is a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good start. It's like I said, somewhat predictable. And I'm kind of spoiling how predictable it might be, but ultimately it's still a good kickoff to um, the story arc because we're really not sure where this is going to go from here. Good deal. Yep. Yeah, it's a candidate for Click of the Week for me. I'm considering it. Click of the Week. Are we in rapid fire or Ryder, you have any you want to get into? Uh, actually, yes. Actually, I do have one to get into. Uh, Actually, one, two, well, no one. Those, those are, that one can kind of go. Star Wars number 38. And um, tis the season because, uh, folks, if you've seen Rogue One, a Star, a Star Wars story, welcome to your tie-in story, or a tie-in story, I should say. Not necessarily a tie-in story, but just a, well, more like a mission. So we this uh, arc starts... Is this Kieran Gillen's first issue? Um, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. I need to, I I need to probably it. use this as a jumping back on point. 
Um, well, you could, because I don't think there's, well, I, there was nothing in this issue that ties back to any anything previously. However, it does tie back to, at the very least, one or two things, well, one in Rogue One, and two in, I think, Darth Vader Annual, of which Gillen did. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like I said, uh, so our ragtag crew of rebels ends up going to Jeddah, which, uh, keep in mind, this is at the point after Rogue One happened, so that planet is what it is. Uh, and they're going there for the same reason Rogue One kind of did. Hmm. Actually, I take the back. Well, yes, that no, that's actually, there's truth to that. So the Empire is on Jeddah trying to get kyber crystals as much as they did in, um, in, in Rogue One. Uh, but they're having troubles doing that because there's still some sort of uprising and you have... Uh, Disciple or not disciples, you have um, followers of Saw Guerrera still kind of fighting the fight there. Uh, but our rebel team is there trying to get their help with the alliance, not again, unlike what happened in Rogue One. Um, but Saw Guerrera is no longer there, but they get, um, but they get whoever is left, uh, including one person that we did see in Rogue One whose name I have no idea who it is, but it was like a seven, second in command or whatever the case may be. There's a, it brings up the Guardians of the Will and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, if you are definitely, if you are a Star Wars fan and, and wanted uh, something to tie into Rogue One, this is kind of it because there's a person that uh, uh, shows up. I have no idea who this person is, but um, they were on Yavin, but and they would have been on Scarif had uh, they not been in Sick Bay, but apparently they're not. So, you know, like I said, this issue is kind of full of. Uh, references to Rogue One, but and again, going back to the reference to Darth Vader Annual, there's a person that comes uh, because of the fact that the Empire is trying to uh, mine kyber crystals for whatever odd reason at this point. Uh, a person who has have whose planet has had um, experience in uh, mining is brought in as an as a consultation from the Empire to uh, help on that part. And that person is the queen, um, the queen of whatever planet Darth Vader ends up going through and going to and taking over in Darth Vader. Um, I believe it was Darth Vader annual. Um, and I can't remember what number of the annual is, which I don't think he only had one in that version, which again, um, get him wrote. So you got that. And that's pretty much how this issue kind of goes. There is, I, I had to bring up this joke because uh, at the beginning of the issue, uh, when our rebels get to Jedi, there's a firefight taken off, and of course, Luke springs into action, which means there was Jedi on Jedi action. Thank you very much. Oh, Happy week. But you know, they uh, they get away, and the, like the rest of the issues ends up going on, like I said. So yeah. Okay, I just have one thing to add to this. I am so far behind on this. I am multiple, multiple issues behind. I really would like to catch up on Aaron's run on this book before I jump into where Kieran Gillen wants to start. I realize I'm probably in a similar boat to uh, where Tim Dog is. You know, he wants to use this as possibly a good jumping back on point. Yeah. So one, I was going to ask, is this a good jumping on point? And two, you know, kind of confirm what you said. And two, damn, the Sal LaRocca art is awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for bringing that, bringing that up. So to answer your question, Yes, you can jump on here because, like I said, it has nothing to do with anything that has happened in the past few issues or has, is bringing up anything that is, you know, has come up in Star Wars before that I can remember. Uh, the only thing I can even think of, which I don't know if this is going to play any part into it or not, but so Chewie's not there, 
but Han is talking to him some kind of way, I guess, over calm or whatever the case may be. Um, and Han was kind of asking him, why is he not, you know, you know, basically, why is he not there? And, and he didn't, you know, which I thought was kind of weird at first. I was like, okay, you know, he wasn't here and wasn't really thinking about it until that part got brought up. But I guess Chewie's suspiciously absent for some odd reason. But I don't think even that um, kind of plays into anything. Or it may have. It might be one of those single issues that, that in the last few issues that has come up. But even that is not nothing that's going to mm-hmm. tie in. Or maybe it's going to something that's going to come back up later. Who knows? Right. But for some reason, he wasn't there and they kind of, and they, they brought it out. So outside of that, no, there's nothing that you need right. to. Yeah, but yeah, Solid Records are is great in this. There was a couple of spots that was kind of weird, and then I, I'm assuming this was like some photo referencing going on or something. Definitely, this because definitely there was here. yeah, because there were some faces that looked just a little too too um well too realistic, I guess. For like a word. Yeah, I think I think LaRocca is definitely yeah. using um uh, photo reference and or Photoshop to do some of the likenesses. Yeah, you know, but it's not as it's better than freaking Greg Land. Well, and it, and it doesn't, Wait, hold on, hold on. Shots fired at Greg Land. Well, and it doesn't happen through and through because, like, there's a couple of shots. Like, there's like a panel of Luke or two panels of Luke that that are like that, and then the the empire, uh, the couple of Empire people in a pair in a panel mm-hmm. that that um, happens with, but the rest of it is just straight. So, and like that, yeah, Solo Cruz artist is gorgeous as always. Yeah, see, it's good photo reference. Shots fired. Anyway, we're not sure who he was referenced from, from any of them, especially the Luke one, though, because that didn't because that one didn't even look like Mark Hamill. Oh, seriously? But, it might be the coloring too. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and other people, who knows who they're, if they're, whatever reference that was, those two were from? Because you know, it might just be comic art, right? Probably. You know, like we only seen the Queen person one other time, and you know, right. and the, the other guy that uh, who's like a I guess he's a general or something um, that comes in with her. Um, never seen him before, that I remember. But yeah, like I said, it, it it is a good issue if you if you want a nice uh, clean uh, Rogue One reference. And I don't know how long this arc is going to be, but you know, hey, there you All go. Right. All right, so I guess we can go into official rapid fire mode, Tim. We can. Here we go. Let's spin up the cannon. All righty, rapid fire mode. Uh, let's see. Another um, way while we're here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, first strike, Transformers number one. <laughs> nope, I'm not starting with that one. Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> nah, whatever. I've already brought it up. So, Cup RC, Mayday, and Action Man go after um a some ninjas who kidnapped uh, and I spelled that wrong two human Cybertronian hybrids. If you haven't been keeping up with First Strike, and I don't know anybody who has outside of loosely me, um, they are on. I think this still takes place after. You know, uh, GI Joe, and no, it's not even the GI Joe one. It's uh, no, one of the first strike. Uh, I think it's strike, first strike, the main stuff. Regardless, they're still on Cyber, Cybertron. Um, some stuff go down that that messes with the the conference that they're having there and causes confusion. Um, but in the midst of that, there's these two uh, human Cybertronian uh, hybrids that get kidnapped because one of them has this talisman. That uh, could possibly destroy the planet and whatever, or whatever else. When that kind of comes into play here, because um, I don't know where that talisman came from. It's probably something Transformers, uh, which I still need to to, to um, catch up on. Don't know. Regardless, like I said, you got this little team of uh, Transformers and humans that are going after uh, these folks to try to get them. 
and they do that and they, they meet with um a bad a couple of bad guys one of which is action man who is happens to be on scene with this uh bad guy and some other person i'm not too familiar with but again yeah it is what it is uh, and as I said in my notes, as and as we will talk about in probably a minute, uh, this story is, with everything I just said, is still s- less sillier than Masters of Kung Fu. And on that note, let's get to Masters of Kung Fu real quick. So Masters of Kung Fu 126. Uh, Shang Tsung's yeah, let's do off. that. Shang Tsung's Day Off. This is, before we go any further, written by CM Punk. And this is where I say... Dear Marvel, DC, whoever else, I know you have uh, celebrities who are fans of this stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean they always need to get a book. It's a one shot. With a such and still, he's written stuff for them before, though. That's true. Yeah, I don't care if they say they're a fan of this character or not. They don't seem to be very good ones. But anyway, so like I said, this is Shang-Chi's, Shang-Chi's day off. He and his pet monkey are trying to have some ice cream when suddenly these ninjas come and attack him. Uh, trying to get the you monkeys. Shang Tsung. And I'm like, no, this isn't the guy from Mortal Kombat. Thank you. Talk about mixing genres. I'm We're talking about mixing the rest of the comics, right? <laughs> I know, right? I, am, I apologize about that. But um, so, yeah, these ninjas come presumably to get uh, the monkey and Shang Chi for reasons because this doctor, whose name is, get this, Mel Prassus. Uh, wants the uh, wants them because he was apparently he used to work for the zoo uh working with animals and he's tried to get them try to teach them kung fu uh but i guess his plan in kidnapping shang chi was to put shang chi's body in the the uh, in, in an octopus's yeah. brain let's go over that plot one more time just for it's no, not just for giggles just for giggles this okay. dude is looking to transplant Shang Chi's kung fu brain into an octopus to make it a kung fu octopus. And he's been right because, because, right. because before that, art of kung fu. Yes, because before that, while he was working at the zoo, and, and what got him fired from the zoo was he was trying to teach uh, the animals kung fu and doing all kind of other stuff with them i don't know animal abuse that's all i'm saying i don't know yeah um and where shang chi jumps into this is a meme if you and that you've probably seen before about the rat eating pizza yeah well that was that, real huh? <laughs> that was real yeah i know that's what i'm saying but that like wait a minute that was the plot point you used to kind of to to to, to, to launch get into all this huh all right so yeah it's this this the story. It was a one shot. It's stupid. Shang Chi Shang Chi deserves way better than this. It does deserve way better. It does. You know, honestly, this is not going to be um, you know, one of those books that gets uh, uh you know, um, hyped up as a, a shining example of comic book art. You know, but right. don't um, get me wrong. It was amusing. Still stupid. Yes, yes. I think that is the perfect way to summarize and assess this book. Yeah. Uh, and I think. Finally, which I believe, no, we talked about that. Oh, Spirits of Vengeance number two. Yeah, that's it. That's what you got. Yep. That's my last one. Um, so we have um, Johnny Blaze, Damien Hellstrom, which I still can't get over this version of him, and Blade uh, on the basically searching for information as to what's going on, which um, they get to this used uh, bookstore. And of course, a fight breaks out because uh, the bookstore owner wants Johnny Blaze because. 
of uh, this piece of silver that he ends up getting, and the sil- piece of silver ends up getting a larger thing because there's a weapon uh, that demons seem to be using uh, to um, finally end the war between angels and demons. Looks like that has been going on forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, which, reading this, I'm thinking, you know, this would probably make a pretty decent Blade movie. Yeah, that sounds like it. I skimmed this real quick. I'm going to have to reread the first issue again. But yeah, it does sound like a a, a premise for a pretty good Blade movie. Yeah, so the, 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 so the crux of the books is them kind of going and getting information. Then you see kind of some stuff from the other side. And then Satana, who also is, is uh, building this book, finally shows up. And I did not know she was Damien Hellstrom's sister. But I guess, sure. She's the daughter of uh, the devil. Sure. Makes sense. That works. Yeah. There you go. Cool. All right. So, Tim, would you mind if I went ahead with my rapid fire? Go for it. All right. So, very quickly, um, we covered Master of Kung Fu. So, all I've got left are two books. I'm going to skim past, skim over Miss um, Marvel number 24 because I do not want to spoil too much uh, for our own Roddy Cat. But this is the um, the resolution of the uh, the last few issues. There's plenty of uh, current day references um, that G. Willow Wilson drops into this book. Um, the art on this is by uh, Diego Olortegui, and he definitely, as we've always said, uh, which is essential to this book, he definitely maintains um, uh, a very similar uh, uh, look and feel to this book. As uh, you know, and when, when it comes to um, the previous art and not diverging too much from the style, and the colorist Ian Herring keeps things very consistent. Um, in terms of the story, this is the culmination of the past, you know, few issues with the Red Dagger appearing in New Jersey. And um, I know Roddy Cat is familiar with um, what's been happening, so there are references to a certain Denzel Washington movie. <laughs> there really are and you know we I, mean, I, about, so I skimmed that part uh, <laughs> and I was like I, I thought about you when you said it because I think you mentioned that when we last talked about this yes book. exactly so it's nice that G Willow Wilson is thinking along the same lines so <laughs> you know like uh, like I said I don't want to spoil the ending I don't you know but you know you kind of just based on solicits and some of the news and some of the covers that we see upcoming that there might be some changes in store for the status quo for uh, Kamala at least uh, for the for the near term so I'll leave it at that um and I'll get to. I want to, I want to say something real quick about that because, like I said, I did kind of skim through it. Sure. So that thing she did in the beginning mm-hmm. is still impossible for her. <laughs> yeah, because physically it wasn't it wasn't possible. I thought that was a little right. weird. Yeah, you know, I fault the artist for not depicting that better. Right. You know, because there's a way to do that, but not with just one car. So <laughs> exactly, like, yeah, if it was just one car, I was like, okay, I see that kind of going off a little bit better. But there was a there was a bunch of them. So yeah, so. Yeah, I'm glad that you picked up on that little snafu. We should email, we should send a letter to G. Willow Wilson and be like, we want a no prize. How did we explain this? I know, right? Like, I, got, I get it, comics, but that's, even for comics, that's, that was going a little far. Right. So, um, the last book I was going to uh, uh, talk about rapid, uh, rapidly under Rapid Fire is Moon Knight. Number 188 is the return of Moon Knight under Marvel Legacy in a storyline uh titled crazy runs in the family and this is part one of i'm not sure how many parts i don't know how long moon knight's going to be back for but um this is definitely an offbeat story because it it is um it's basically the story of moon knight's uh psychiatrist at uh uh, um what is the name of um, raven's ravencroft 
Is it Ravencroft? It is Ravencroft. That's like the equivalent of Arkham, right? Sounds right. I think sure. so. Go with it. Right. So that's the psychiatrist that treated Mark Spector and has kind of, I guess, maintained a, a relationship with uh, Mark Spector. So this particular psychiatrist comes across someone who she kind of thinks uh, is suffering from some uh, something where she could kind of use what she's learned from Mark Spector and apply it to him. And it goes south really fast. And um, we're not 100% sure if this particular character is also related as, as closely to the Egyptian um, Panth- God Pantheon as um, as, as uh, Moon Knight is. But, you know, I guess that's what's implied because the title of the story is Crazy Runs in the Family. So um, this was a pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty interesting take on Moon Knight's origin from someone else's perspective. So... Uh, that's what made this book so interesting is that we don't really see Mark Spector in this issue all that much. It's really uh, about someone else kind of describing, you know, the, uh, you know, what kind of led to the creation of Moon Knight and how Moon Knight has, um, uh, you know, been diagnosed with uh, either this dissociative disorder or multiple personality disorder. I'm not sure, you know, which one really sticks with him, but um, ultimately it's a nice, you know, it's a nice kind of, not a psychoanalysis of Mark Spector, but it's just a, it's an overview. It's a broad picture of uh, what Mark Spector is and um, what, uh, what uh, a potential kind of arch rival could be like. So that's, what's cool about this. And it's a potential click of the week for me. I, I was under the impression that they did not, they, they had not ended this book yet, but I guess they must have. They might've gone on hiatus, you know, like they, you know, they, they put it on hiatus until legacy. Right, because I know we had an issue like a few months ago. That's when I was looking up. Yeah, it was the last issue before this was in May. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, you know, that they would put it on hiatus, you know, like just to give it a chance to reboot, especially with the new writer, mm-hmm. Max Bemis. He's a novelist, I think. Am I mistaken? Uh, yes. Yes, he is. It's well written. I'll give you that. So I would I would recommend it to you guys. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a, a new reader friendly and, um, Ultimately, it's, uh, you know, it's well-written, so that's why it's a candidate for Click of the Week for me. Okay, let me run down mine right quick. Won't be able to put any covers up since I'm going to read. But Detective Comics 968 is the finale of The Lonely Place of Living, I believe is the name of the story arc. Yep. Uh, it's basically the Bat family, most of the Robins, and Batman and Tim Drake, and the detective team facing off against the Batman of the future, uh, future Tim Drake, and sort of the battle of philosophies between the two Drakes. And in the finale, the future Tim is sent back to his time uh, without having taken out Batwoman, because that was his mission since he got freed from Mr. Oz's prison, was to kill Batwoman, because according to him, she was to blame for all the bad things to happen in the future. And that's kind of where that ended. So no one's dead. He was sent back to his time because of time traveling physics and his body being shunned away at the last minute. Uh, Royals number 10. I liked, I still like this book. It's kind of, it's in a weird spot to me. Like I like out Ewan and all his sort of trippy sci-fi stuff, but I almost feel like now it's getting a little too convoluted even for me. And it, I feel like it also came with the shift in the creative art team with the then bringing on Javier, um, Javier Rodriguez, I believe his name is last name. His art is good, but it's like the progenitors who are the 
creators of the creed they're these like humongous i, I can't even tell if they're like robots or this weird alien races and i don't know it's just kind of it's weird and starting to weird me out somewhat it's probably just me yeah. overthinking things but i need the story to like sort of we it feels like the story needs to refocus a little bit but still holding on hope that I'm still impressed with the finale whenever the series ends. Um, Spider-Man Deadpool number 23 is the first part of Spider-Man versus Deadpool, where and it, it picks up on the threads from both Sp- Amazing Spider-Man and Deadpool coming out of Secret Wars, where he killed Coulson. So Spider-Man is, or Peter, Peter Parker is living on Mockingbird's couch, just like he is in Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, when he turns on the TV and sees a TV ad for Deadpool that shows Deadpool trying to sell stolen Shield hardware because Shield has been shut down, so he's he's trying to sell a helicarrier that he came across. And to Spider-Man, this is the final straw. He believes Wade Wilson needs to be brought in. Of course, he could just say he needed to be brought in because he killed or mur- murdered Coulson. But nope, it's a TV ad that sends Spider-Man saying enough is enough. So he, go- he goes to try to capture Deadpool. They fight a little bit, then they come to realize Deadpool says that he never filled a, a, filmed a TV commercial. So someone's out there impersonating him to ruin his name, I guess. So they decide to team up and try to bring this person down. And the question would be, once they either catch this imposter or the story just ends, will Wei turn himself in? Or you know, what, where does the story go next? I'm already thinking ahead on this. And finally, Uncanny Avengers number 29. Uh, it's the Unity Squad versus the Unstoppable Juggernaut. Juggernaut. A member of the team gets injured in the process. And I believe next issue is the finale before it combines with New Avengers, US Avengers, and Avengers for the Avengers No Surrender storyline. And that is it. Cool. All right. Uh, so, so before we go any further, let me get through a little... Um errata here uh max bemis apparently if we thought we thought he was a novelist i don't think he was what he was was the lead singer of a band called say anything okay so talk about um what we we're uh, getting you know what we were referring to earlier huh but uh, on that note he's actually not this is not the first thing he has written for marvel he's written x-men the, the worst x-men ever uh he did uh looks like he did a story in the a plus x uh he also did that full color book so he's been doing uh, for the last couple of years. He's actually been doing a little bit of an old kill strike, old kill strike. Okay, and he does some stuff for for some couple other books for a couple other other companies. All right, so, so he's uh, been out there actually writing, but unlike a certain um, uh, MMA guy that we were referring re- referring yeah, to. Exactly. Okay. All right, so click of the week time. Hold on. All right, so we're in click of the week time now. Hmm. Seriously, because I'm having a couple issues freaking out a click of the week this week. You guys go ahead if you can, or interject if you have yours right away. I'm almost still willing to go with that Miss Marvel, even though I've only read a couple of pages, but I'm not going to do that because that's, that's not... <laughs> um, that the rest of the stuff is kind of slightly underwhelming. Go ahead, Tim. Mine is going to be Mr. Miracle number four. Nice. Yeah, that would probably be one of them if... if, if if that is indeed the case. Um, hmm, 
you know, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go with Moon Knight number 188. Nice. Good pit. Yep. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Tim on this one. Like, Star Wars would, would probably be one to do for the references mm-hmm. to, to Rogue One. And that would be the only reason why I would be doing it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Mr. Miracle for also. Yeah, it's too bad it's not a clean sweep. I liked it. It's just, uh, you know, I, I was, I, I had a, I guess a better time reading Moon Knight. Maybe it's because it's the the recency bias that people talk about. It's like, oh, this is brand new, as opposed to like the fourth issue of the continuing story. Right. And Masters of Kung Fu can get the gas face. Oh, no. I guess we have our music for tonight. <laughs> Actually, there was another one. There might be another one in the news when we get to it in a minute. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So uh, as we transition into... Um, Uh, our news uh, section, Uh, allow me to read our first ad of the night. Help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the keep our podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, Electronics, jewelry, apparel, Marvel Legends, Black Panther series, etc., etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All righty. Uh, to, to answer Matt Wang's uh, question on Twitter, wow, no love for Asian brother Shang-Chi? No, absolute love for Shang-Chi. Just no love for the, the book that was just written about him. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Ready? You got it. Roll. Oh, wait, let me... Yep, we're... Tef, tef. Get off Twitter and get to the news. Go for it. <laughs> Paramount Pictures... Hasbro in a production and distribution pact. Yeah, just a lot, little longer in the story of hey, Hasbro's trying to get their movie cinematic thing off the ground. So. I'm probably going to run through a bunch of these. Yep. Do it. Stop. Autoplay. Yep. Let's see. Crossbones, spotted on, spotted on Avengers 4 set, and Robert Downey, Downey Jr. were spotted in SWAT gear on set. God damn it. Chris Hemsworth confirms that Thor's spoiler will return for Infinity War. So here we're thinking, that, well, you know what? If you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok yet, then it's not what you would think, even though you you would first think what um, showed up in the trailers. Okay. Thor Ragnarok's iconic skirt scene comes directly from the comics. The entire cast of Thor puts on a budget live play for unsuspecting moviegoers. Again, also could be another spoiler to the movie if you think about it in a certain light. Kevin Feige explains the big MCU, MCU mythos change slipped into Thor Ragnarok. Tessa Thompson would be totally down to play Alana in the Saga movie. Which I'm not sure if the creators of Saga would want the, any, uh, a movie to happen from, from what I've read. I yeah, think. from what I read too. I don't think they're keen on even you know making that into a movie. Which is yeah. sad because that, that, that would be a strange one to do. Black Panther takes on Wolverine in an ambitious fan trailer. Except that it's more of a Wolverine trailer a trailer with a little bit of a Black Panther's trailer in it. Apparently a Wolverine fan must have made this, but at the same time, there is not much Black Panther. Um, exactly. 
<laughs> to go out there. So you kind of can't, but still it's yeah. A little favorite one way. So Han Solo, Ron Howard reshot nearly all of the star Wars spinoff. Hmm. Marvel cinematic universe crosses 5 billion mark domestically. More money, more money. There's a report that Disney and Fox were working on a deal, but now it's dead, but reportedly may be back on again. Yeah, I, just because we heard about it being that it might be dead, it's never, usually deals like that never really stop. Dead. Yeah. We hear about it when they get to a certain point on it. Uh, so there's a couple of things actually about this report. So obviously we would think that um, Disney would want to, because there were people asking, why would Disney want Fox? So so we know what we would want them to get it for because it's a Fantastic Four and X-Men's license. But apparently, um, I think the next issue... Yeah, the next uh, one goes, in, goes into that a little bit. But apparently this, 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 this issue in Fox was more, which is less about X-Men and more about Futurama. And not necessarily Futurama, but streaming. Because they're trying to do their streaming service, which we got some news later on about that also. And apparently this, there's there's uh, rumblings that it's not necessarily about that and more th- that. And there's also this other article about <laughs> that would, that said that, um, that if the Disney deal would go through, that would kill the, the Simpsons. They, they would get rid of the Simpsons at long last. So there are there could be a couple of different things in this deal that we don't know too much about if that is the case. So uh, Simmons will never say never to play in Spider Man's J. Jonah Jameson again. Ching ching. That's a good thing. Totally. Gotham recast Poison Ivy with the Flash actor. Yeah, so Golden Gliders is now playing Golden God Glider is now playing Poison Ivy. Eververse, first crisis on Earth X teaser released. Legends of Tomorrow cast Fringe's John Noble as Malice. Good pick. Legends of Tomorrow trailer teases a mysterious time-traveling corpse. Okay. Stranger Things star posts and deletes scripted Nightwing tweet. Yeah, so that's like the jerk, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the brother of uh, Mad Max. I thought that was a Power Ranger actor. He's in Stranger Things, too? Yeah. Yes. Both. I haven't still haven't begun the second season of Stranger Things, so what? Watch the first one, and I'm probably not going to. And still haven't what? watched the Titans either. What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Seriously, people, you guys are missing out. You really should watch Stranger Things one and two. Eh. Oh come on, man! It's like it's it's like all '80s all the time. This is like Colts of the Podcast, you know, fodder right there. Where's classic and eclectic when I need them? Yeah, it'll be there. I might get to it. Who knows? <laughs> shout out to classic I'm, I'm 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 gonna put the call out to see if we can't reform the uh old school csp uh uh to do uh some stranger things stuff tim's too busy making the news not trying to trying, <laughs> trying to put it out again trying to post the news yeah anyway <laughs> nightwing director hasn't begun search for dick grayson just yet so yeah this was basically off the I'll kicking off of that last one so uh, Batman and Aquaman are not fast friends. A new Justice League clip. A uh, new Justice League clips show Steppenwolf. Superman gets clips from, I think, from Batman, Superman, the scenes, and I think one from Justice League, but sure. Oh. Going to the uh, Superman gets his due in New Justice League tease. Jason Momoa basically confirms Justice League as a Marvel movie now. Apparently, uh, Justice League will have in credits or in credit scenes. Uh-huh. Am I jumping to the second page now? Yep. Oh, this is all cinematic news. Okay, Flashpoint, Warner Brothers, close to hiring a director. The Flash, the elongated man, gets a humbling super suit and new promo. 
Honey, where's my super suit? <laughs> Wentworth Miller announces exits from CW's Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash. Which there's been rumbling for uh, a little bit now, and I can now it's confirmed. Shazam casting. Asher Angel will play Billy Batson. All right. There's a report of Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam may debut in Suicide Squad 2. It's weird that Andy Asher do look, kind of looks like Grant Gustin, but anyway, could be the hairstyle. But it is true. Yeah. And Dwayne Johnson, yeah, I don't, uh, I, we don't need a Suicide Squad 2, that's all I'm going to say. What? They're going to put him in. Oh, jeez, man. It's, it's a report. Like, we don't know if it's, we, we don't know. It's a report. It's like this, that, that, you know, like what's funny about this, just very quickly, what's funny about where we are on the calendar, we are so close to Justice League coming out. And I, and I have plenty of like comic book movie uh, going friends who are just like, yo, so are we doing this? Are we going to watch Justice League opening night? And I said, yeah, because you know, we kind of need to talk about it on the show. But, you know, everyone's got this trepidation. And when I read stuff like this, and I'm like, it's obviously well founded. Yeah, I mean, they could have they could have put him in Justice League, and I'm I'm hearing positive things from Justice League going into it. But I guess we'll talk about that next week after we see it. Exactly. This next story is news to me. Hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon reboot features African American April O'Neil. Yes, Cat Graham of um, Vampire Diaries is voicing uh, the April O'Neil in the new reboot. Oh. She was a apparently they're changing this these the turtles because Leonardo, who is usually the leader, is not. It's going to be Raphael. Oh God, to be edgy and gritty. <laughs> I think they're a little late. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. But I guess I'm more shocked that they're um, there's a rebooting a series on the same network. I mean that happens. I mean like like hey, look, a lot of people like that Nickelodeon one, um, and it's not like they haven't done something similar on, on other networks with other properties. So, hmm. I mean, I mean, the I have to go back and read this article. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson returns as Elijah Price in new glass set photos. That's cool. Yeah, tangentially superhero related, but still. Avengers cast raises five hundred thousand dollars for Puerto Rico hurricane relief. Nice. Chadwick Boseman chose his Black Panther accent to make a point about white supremacy. Yeah, Chad. That was a great, that was a well thought out statement. Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok used amazing new tech to show off Valkyrie's battles. What's a good looking scene? Uh, spoiler Chris Hemsworth shares Mjolnir in memor- mem- memorium. memorium video. I can't talk now. <laughs> also, <laughs> could be spoilers, but it, you, it's not like you don't see the what happens to Mjolnir in trailers. Yeah. So. Uh, another report, the uh, future Marvel TV shows to hit Disney's streaming service, not Netflix. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while now. I feel like that's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, not so much. Yeah, these next few stories are all kind of hit, all kind of hit today. So, mm-hmm. or today and yesterday, but yeah. Uh, so, and then Star Wars live action TV series coming to the Disney streaming service. Uh, the Disney streaming service will cost substantially substantially less than Netflix. That's no, not like, no, no. like a dollar less or so. Or no, about I'm, I'm like, what is substantial? Because Netflix, to be honest, isn't that expensive. It's expensive. Well, if you have to, you know, budget it with like cable and everything else. I mean, Netflix is like ten, eleven dollars, depending on the plan. Probably more than that, I think. Um, in the base package, as opposed to, I think they've been saying this. And this article kind of says between. Well, actually, this 
article says between eight and thirteen, and the Disney thing, which they said this before, is looks to be about six. Okay, so that is only going to be like a dollar. Or so it's, it's yeah. right. So they're they're roughly saying that it could be roughly half the price, depending mm-hmm. on the plan that you're on. Yep. New Runaways poster showcases so the teens' powers. Hey, that's coming soon. Yeah, that's this month, right? Mm-hmm. On Hulu. And Justice League is next week. Yeah, and Punisher. I need to buy my oh crap! I need to buy my tickets. <laughs> hey, Punisher's the Punisher Netflix uh, series starts that that weekend. Friday, yep. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. yeah Stranger Things two is gonna have to fire. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh wait, what happened? That's funny. I think that was it. No, you have. No, no, I did. I'm sorry. Here we got more uh, character posters for Black Panther. Yeah, these are awesome. These totally yeah. made me. Um, these totally made me pre-order my. Um, my Black Panther uh, Marvel Legends set. I can say your no, toys. That's, a big, that's a big lie because your I would have done it anyway. I was say, you were going to do that anyway. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these, these posters are dope. So Yeah. I like that they have a battle cry. You know? Was this a battle cry from like the Priest or the Hudlin books or anything like that? I honestly don't remember. Because this makes. This, you know what? Rant time, rant on. This is why we should have an Avengers Assemble. I guess they're waiting until freaking Infinity to do it, but this mm-hmm. is why we needed to have Avengers Assemble because Wakanda Forever sounds awesome. Mm. Well, as you said, uh, Whedon wasn't too crazy about the, the, the Avengers Battle Cry, so yeah, I guess the um, the brothers will do it. The Russo brothers will do it. I hope so. I, I really hope so because you, you've seen, you guys have all seen, the, you guys have seen the blooper, right? Where Black Widow jumps behind Cap when he goes Avengers, and then she jumps back and goes Assemble. No, actually, you I haven't seen that. It's on the blooper reel for um, for uh, Ult- uh, Age of Ultron. Mm. So it's included. You might be able to find it on YouTube. You know, I, I mean, I have it, and the, the featurettes are with it. So yeah, so yeah, that that's actually there. So they know, you know, they know that uh, you know they're 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 really uh, angering some of the, uh, the the loyal comic fans. But yeah, um, we we need. I need to hear that. Damn it. <laughs> There's a cosplayer who also did this particular. Um, if you look in the video, look in the the, 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 the poster of T'Challa that did this, I think, exact pose in this cosplay. I think well before this happened. I don't know if this was if maybe this picture had come up somewhere else around well there, but it was pretty much the same. Uh, this a similar picture. That was mm-hmm. cool. Anyway, let's move along. Moving on. Ryan Johnson, writer, director of Star Wars: The Last Jedi, to create all new Star Wars trilogy. It's funny because he got on Twitter. It was like, you know, I hope, I hope you guys, I obviously, I hope you guys really like um, the Last Jedi, but I really hope you like it now. But and it was, it was because of this. Yeah, he's about to drop all three more new, you know, three more movies. Mm-hmm. Four more, right? Uh, uh, three more with this, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess four if you count Last Jedi not dropping. Yeah, sure. Right. So, inter- it's also interesting, but we won't need into that. So, <laughs> okay. Like they give him, they kind of give him this without this movie even coming out yet. And yeah, anyway, sure. Uh, Din- Dinofrio begins work on Daredevil season three. Nice. Welcome back, Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Transformers Titans return return gets a trailer. Go away, Transformers. I totally forgot this was so. This is the uh, Machinima Hasbro thing that I totally forgot was out there on YouTube because so this is for the official trailer for the second season. I heard the first season was yes, it was alright. But you got, hey, the voice talents you want, and including a couple you didn't expect. So go check it out. Uh, and Deadly Class Sci Fi sets full cast for comic based drama pilot. 
Yep, and they already got their cast, including Benjamin Wong, uh, Benjamin Ben Wadsworth, I don't know him, but Lana Condor, who was Jubilee, and a couple other people. Okay. And now, jump back to news, right? Mm-hmm. Comic news. All right, comic news. February solicitors are starting to come out, so there you go. So first look at DC Universe Holiday Special 2017, number one. Uh, Detective Comics 968 brings back more blasts from the past. Talk about that. Jessica Cruz to star in DC Superhero Girls Spaced Out. And DC Superhero Girls is also the first graphic novel to have sold over 100,000 copies. Uh, the first one. It's the same. Our first graphic novel has sold over 100,000 copies. Yeah. Mirror. Aquaman's wife, Queen, gets her own DC comic series. It's a miniseries, so keep that in mind. Right. And the big news, Brian Michael Bendis leaves Marvel signs exclusive deal with DC Comics. Wow. So, some would say thank goodness. Some yeah. would say no regardless, because we don't know what he's going to do while he's over there. But so, Yeah, that happened. Yeah. That happened. yeah. So just very quickly, what did you guys think of it? Uh, I was I was mildly shocked, but at the same time, I could sense that Bendis may have been on fumes when it came to some of the things he was working on with Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, so there's been the sentiments that you know changes as people saying change is good and blah that blah blah blah. Sure, I guess that it, that is the case because he gets a, a new playground to work in. So good for him, you know. I feel like he just resigned with Marvel, but at this point, it might have been like two years ago. It right because he resigned. Um, he took defenders on maybe maybe that's when the news first came out maybe actually i might i might be thinking back i think he resigned around all new whatever one of the last initiatives for marvel oh yeah i don't know but yeah regardless there's there's speculation of what books he might get in including justice league and there are some rumblings of people thinking like yeah he'll be the one to get the like fixing or somebody for which i would not want that but yeah I don't know. Yeah, good for him. You know, that's that's about as bad as I can say for it. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, well, there, I guess it begs the question of uh, which I guess is next issue. Now, yeah. Next, yeah. The the next article kind of slightly goes into like what happens to the book that he has gone and, and it sounds like which I don't have in the news that it sounds like he is going to get to uh, wrap up the books that he is doing for Marvel, mm-hmm. which he does have like at least four. You know. Hopefully we'll get some people. Oh, actually five. Excuse me, forgot about that puncher book. But regardless, you know, hopefully we can get some other writers to take on some a couple of those characters um, that uh, he's leaving. Uh, Hickman teased a deal, DC deal, in wake of Bendis' announcement. Which uh, don't think it was the first time because there was that rumbling where he, uh, which the article mentions that uh, he had lunch with uh, Jim Lee or something. Yeah, um, a little while back. So there was speculation around that and. Now this is another thing. I, mean, I definitely understand, you know, Hickman needed that kind of break, you know, mm-hmm. after, uh, you know, planning out like all those arcs of Avengers and, uh, and whatchamacallit and secret wars. So I definitely mm-hmm. understood, you know, he needed some time to, to recharge and, you know, maybe this is something that he needs to. Yeah. So the thing is that like, this is, a, it could be a good thing and could be a bad thing if indeed both of them, because DC has already been kind of, you know, gathering talent from Marvel from the last two years as we as we know, you know, with a bunch of people have been going over and and um, writing for them pretty exclusively in, in a couple of different places. Um, so this could be a good time for Marvel to, to cultivate some up-and-coming writers or, you know, 
go into other wild watchers, preferably cultivate some newer voices that uh, could get out there and not necessarily novelists or celebrities who the lead singers. <laughs> well, yeah. the, also, although the lead singer is doing a good job so far. So yeah, I mean, like, sure. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, like this could be good, or bad thing. So some would take it as like, well, Mar- Marvel's losing all their talent or some would say it as like, Hey, this is a good thing for Marvel. Like I said, cultivating some new talent. All right. At DC Comics, an editor rose through the ranks even after being accused of sexual assault. So if you're in the comics community, this information probably isn't news to you, but it's good to see it getting a larger limelight. Right, especially with all the other um, news of sexual harassment charges in, in throughout Hollywood and places and other places. Yes. So we'll see what that just happened this evening. We'll see what the fallout from that will be come early next week. I'm really curious because we see people like Louis C.K. and uh, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein and the other guy, Kevin Spacey, be taken down by this. So will DC just act like, oh, we're a small, you know, people don't pay attention to comics. We'll be fine. Basically taking the same stance they've taken the last they decade. Yeah. Or would they move swiftly this time, finally? But even, I mean, if they did move swiftly this time, that'd be great. But that still doesn't excuse the last 10 years that they've let this go. Nope. So... And with people actually actively talking about it at that, which is, you know, so if the, even if they did it now, it's it still would be a good thing that that happened, but it's still pretty poor. That's a bad look. Yeah. All right. In uh, slightly more pleasant news, DC and Telltale Games team up for Batman comic. Not the first time Telltale Games has uh, teamed up with a, a comic, cre- comic book company for a actual comic book. Well, the Marvel, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Telltale series also has a book tied to it. I wouldn't say there's another one, but I can't remember. It's like uh, Crystal's Gage will be writing it, and the artist is Rafaela Linko. Okay. All right. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's rumors of a new Superman game by Rocksteady. And so Rocksteady is the are, are the makers of the Batman and Arkham Asylum games. Those games have been pretty good. Uh, so a new Superman game by them could be great, and there's never been a real good Superman game, so it can't be any worse. Right. <laughs> Injustice 2 gets a PC release date as open beta begins. Uh, actually, it has began, and in fact, as of tonight, is ending. So it started on the 6th, and I believe it is ending tonight. So, okay. you know, so if you can get into it for the last minute uh, at the time that you're watching this, if you're watching this on a Friday night, then hey, try it out. It's a good game. Uh, if not, it is going to be, it's coming out soon. So. The Iron Spider's connection to Miles Morales revealed. We did speak about this last week. Right. Uh, spoiler alert if uh, we're going to go into it. Um, what is it? Um, is it Miles' uncle, I believe it was? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which, hey, guess what? Spider-Man Homecoming, y'all. Here's <laughs> I guess so. that when I saw the preview pages the Friday <laughs> before that book came out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he had a guy in a trench coat with a hat on with the lower part of his face exposed and it was brown skin I said that's his uncle <laughs> there you go there you go so uh, Kitty Pride will be fundamentally changed in the next X-Men Gold story yep so X-Men well, uh, so Kitty Pride. this is also 
I guess I don't know if this is going along with the the um, annual stuff, but apparently she is teaming up with um, Captain Britain and Megan, and also Rachel Summers and Nightcrawler, and they're going into the negative zone, and that trip is going to change her and uh, apparently a couple of others. So what's going to happen in that storyline? Hmm. Mark Guggenheim only knows. Marvel announces a new X Men Red ongoing. So more color coded books. I know, right? But in this case, it's coder encoded for the person who is the lead in it. Right. So the lead is spoiler alert, which is funny. Also, the resurrected, soon to be resurrected. Yeah, exactly. The soon to be resurrected Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Adult Jean Grey, because we also have that's right. Blue that is that uh, young Jean Grey is is heading up. So goodness. as far as I know, still heading up. But I don't know. I don't read the book. Right, goodness gracious. All righty. Uh, Lockjaw reunites with his family in a solo series. Oh, look at Lockjaw. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> He's a good dog. He's a good. I know, right? No. <laughs> I'm forgetting what Kamala says. In one of his I know, right? Uh, Bizarro uh, doggy. Bizarro doggy. That's it. Bizarro doggy. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently um, he is not the only ten- transporting dog that we previously that we previously thought is around, and he's going to be looking for his family, and he's going to have a surprising companion in the form of D Man. What? <laughs> yeah, for some strange reason. Hold on, I read that and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh my goodness! So yeah, look forward to that. Daniel Kibblesmith, who wrote for the Late Show and um, had some other book, is writing. He's, he's writing um, Valiant book. Quantum and Woody. Oh, right. He's doing a new... That's right. Okay. forgot about that. All right. Okay. So, Mark Millar's first Netflix comic is a fantasy crime series with Olivier Coipel. Oh, getting in the big guns. Seems interesting. I mean, and, well, I mean, you know, Netflix not owned for Millar World, so, so, hey. Yeah, so just very quickly, the first, the, just the first line of the blurb is writer Mark Millar will be joined by artist Olivier Coipel for The Magic Order, the first Millar World comic project to be published by Netflix, combining elements of fantasy and crime thrillers. Yeah, seems interesting. Okay. Uh, real life Iron Man sets a Guinness World Record for what? For uh, flying! Yes. Which looks a little more like Boba Fett than, than Iron Man, but okay. <laughs> All right. Coming soon. Black Panther, uh, Funko Pop line. Yeah, you knew it was coming. You know, with, with the movie coming out soon, you knew there were going to be some Funko Pops based upon it. Well, more, I should, we should say, because, yes, there are already, I believe, two, uh, there are already two Pops with, and, and of course, the, the keychain mm-hmm. uh, with Black Panther. But this is a whole other line. So you got plushies, you got um, more oh, doors line. More press, yeah. Yeah, you got more glow in the dark, and of course they're going to be throwing them, throwing uh, exclusive this, that, and the other, and of course a whole bunch more keychains. That's cool. Yeah, I like and the, I like for the yeah, the, yeah, the glow in the dark stuff is pretty cool, and of course more pops, which includes uh, Black Panther, Killmonger, and uh, Shuri, Nakia, and uh, I think Akoya's got one too. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah, so there's going to end a couple of glow in the dark parents for a couple of them. Uh, no Queen Bermuda, but it's okay. All right, and the last story, versions, gotcha. And and our last story for the night is uh, something I referenced earlier: um, the Black Panther Marvel Legends Wave One set of six with the Okoye Build a Figure is up for pre-order on all the major toy websites. No, 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 we're not plugging one, so I'm just going to rattle off Big Bad Toy Store, Dorkside Toys, and Amazon.com, who is a sponsor of our show and our network. 
as soon as I saw the email, I promptly went ahead and, and, and ordered. Right. Mine is, mine is pre-ordered as well. I think uh, the, uh, the toy stores are going to have theirs out a little sooner than Amazon, but um, ultimately, this stuff is going to be in our possession soon. I'm looking forward to this uh, set. How about you, Rodicat? Oh, most definitely. Oh, one thing to note about the, the Funko Pop set, uh, those are coming starting in January. There you go. Yeah, that's the lead up to the film. Yep, that's the lead up to the film. Which I forgot to mention that. But yes, I am absolutely going to get this uh, this Marvel Legends set because the Beautiful figure, as we said, is a Koye and, and, the, and a couple more Black Panther figures that I'm already set for. I mean, that is cool that you can actually put together like two of the Dora Milaje in this. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. You yeah, because they get some some something dumb and dopey, but they yeah, do not. They can, they, can, they, they can double as the as the comic versions too, because it's not like they're going to be all that different. So, mm. you know, unlike you know, you can have like a, a comic book Black Panther costume, you know, as opposed to the movie one, but it's it's really not all that different either. It's just more textured. So, mm. but yeah, it's I'm looking forward to the set. I know that you're not so keen on the Namor. But uh, so um, the name or, or the or the in uh, uh, Iron Man, the but, Iron Man's not necessary to build a koi. That's the thing. So that's cool. You can actually leave an Iron Man out. Um, but um, but the Namor thing, we haven't had we haven't had a Speedo Namor. So I'm glad that we're getting a Speedo Namor. He's old school. Yeah. All righty. And with that, do we have any unboxings? Anybody? Uh, no. All right. Oh, actually, there is one thing I wanted to bring up, though, real, really, really, real quick. So I don't know if you got this, uh, or, or, or Tim, but apparently, if you go to this, the your comic store, could have this nice, uh, big behind value stamp book from Marvel. Right. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching the video, it like this joker is kind of big, and on the back, it has um, you can find value legacy stamps and all of these issues that are listed here. Um, I believe they're not actual physical. At least I haven't seen in the the issues that I have because I know. Yeah, they are. Here's the oh, stamp right here. I did not see that, but then, you know, maybe I don't have a book that it, that it's in yet. Or I thought I did have one. Anyway, regardless. So yeah. So I because I was thinking because the, the the last couple of months they've been touting those uh, that Quip app with the digital stamps, right? And I thought it was that. So good to know. Good to be confirmed. But the inside of it, as you can see, the um, is. Um, oh wow! You can. Put said stamps once you rip them out of your book and lower the value of it. <laughs> um, and it also comes with some that are already uh, entered put in for you. So yeah, if you happen to be at a store that has this and you are fancy collect and you fancy collecting um stamps, which I'm not ashamed to say that I used to be, but and um, you can check that out. Cool. Yeah, I did not see that. Done by Mike uh, Mike McCone. And I think that, yes, Marvel used to do this like years back, but they, but they stopped. As a matter of fact, I think yeah, when I was wee wee, wee little, it says here, they said yeah, from seventy four to seventy six, they used to do it basically. So sure enough, all right. Thing. So again, we have reached the end of our show. Let me get an uh, ad read in before we wrap up. Uh, this episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees. Your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. Cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture. And much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free. 
order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. I was going to say this shirt I have on was from Busted Tees, but I don't think it is. Regardless, oh. it's going to hurt. <laughs> cool. Which I will probably be wearing at the premiere of Black Panther. There you go. Take us home, Tim. And I will take any stamps that any of you don't want. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Oh, Tim stepped away. I'm back. I'm typing something up that I probably shouldn't be typing. But um, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay. So the doing something for CBR right quick because Andrew Kreisberg, the executive producer of all the DC shows. Uh, oh no! Spoiler alert! Suspended over sexual harassment allegations. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. The plot thickens. There is. Yeah. So, what uh, I usually do at this point? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Take us home. <laughs> follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. Ka-ching! I'm trying to get to the, uh, the soundboard because uh, my soundboard like adjusted on me just now. Here we go. Scroll up to the cash register. There you go. I am at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. Radicat is at Radicat and at NewsNerdsNeeds. There we go. And Agent70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And PC not on the show, but still in our hearts and our minds, is at PCN underscore Dirt. And go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. We miss you, Dirt! Liquor. So, next week is Justice League. I'm sure we'll have some reaction to that. Yeah, we're probably going to see it opening night. <laughs> oh, yeah. I already have my ticket. Uh, I don't have mine yet. I got to figure it out. Yeah, I need to buy mine too. Because I got dope seats now. Gotcha. All righty. So, we'll be sure to talk about that next week, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Most definitely. <laughs> so, with that, we are the Comp Chronicles, and we are signing off. Face! Don't get the gas face. Look. Tony Dick. Gets the gas face.